Hello, welcome to the We Never Knew X podcast. This is Gabe. This is Therese. Therese isn't here for this intro, so I had to represent him. (laughs) Anyways, this is episode 25, and we get to sit down with one of the most original gangsters (laughs) of the horseshoeing industry. Uh, and particularly out here in the Bay Area, uh, Bob Medeiros. Bob Medeiros has been a farrier for 54 years and counting. Still doing it. Uh, well into his 70s, like a gangster. And um, not only that, but he, he's... he's dipped his toe into all aspects of horseshoeing, uh, competition, um, international competition, uh, gosh, uh, judging, uh, all sorts of different, uh, horsemanship, um, disciplines. The guy's done it all pretty much. And, He's seen the industry kind of go through um, this transition process when things were a little bit more guarded back in the day into uh, a culture now with horseshoeing that isn't quite that. It's a little more open, um, open source, I guess, is what the kids would call it these days. And... um, yeah, we get into a lot of that and the culture of horseshoeing and how he's seen it change and uh, his experience prior to that and now well after that. So, looking forward to that chat. Anyways, a few things to touch on before we get going. This is episode 25. So... How would you describe that? Well, it's a quarter of a hundred. So it's a quarter. I don't know. (laughs) Dries and I were talking. We thought this would be a good spot to take a little podcast sabbatical. Reason being, let's be honest, the first 25 episodes, not all, but most, are Dries and I just throwing gasoline on a dumpster fire ranting, raving, being annoying, having opinions. And that's cool and all, but our goal is to kind of be a little more guest-heavy, I guess. That makes sense. And so we're going to take some time and really try and record some episodes um, with primarily guests. And so... Going forward, we're going to take a couple months. We're going to sit down. We need to set a date when we're going to come back. But it's going to be a couple months. And then we'll start pumping pre-recorded episodes out where we have already sit, sat down with people and talked with them and have them recorded and ready to go. Anyways, that's what we're doing. Subscribe to this podcast. Rate this podcast. Follow us on Instagram. We never knew X. Follow Dries, Dries Bruce. Follow me if you want. Forge X. 
And that's that. Enjoy the episode. You are the format, Bob. Yeah. Bob, you're the format. I'm the format? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have a drink? Do you want do you need a drink? No. Uh-huh. I've got my two. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, thank you for taking the time out of your uh, afternoon where you could be doing something else. Uh, but it was a good excuse to not go turn on the lawnmower or, or do something like that to carve out some time to come sit and uh, entertain our questions. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the re- the one of the biggest reasons we wanted to have you on is because I would say you're a big part of the, uh, let's call it the horseshoeing history here. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you maybe don't want to hear that, I find that to be pretty cool. So, uh, And I know a lot of other people do, too. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, horseshoeing has been good to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's made me a good living. And uh, it's an eccentric thing, you know. Yeah. Just once you get involved, it's just a natural thing that you have to do. Right. So I found it to be very enjoyable. And even at my age, I still enjoy it. Yeah. And not as much, but <laughs> <laughs> but I still yeah. enjoy it a lot. And how long have you been chewing horses? 53 years. Yeah. And was it all out here in the Bay Area? Yeah, over in, uh, I started in Hayward. Yeah. Yeah, so I used to drive, when I first hooked up with my mentor, he was a, a real old man of 47. <laughs> I yeah. thought at the time because I was only almost 20. Yeah. And so I, naturally you think they're old at 47, but it's, Robbie's right. 47 now, my son, so it's like, wow. You know, he nothing. is old though. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, I used to drive from Hayward on five or uh, six eighty all the way to Walnut Creek every morning. Yeah. Work with them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and we'd go to we shot so many horses. Yeah. The, the man was really incredible, tough man. You yeah. Know, and what was his name? Dave Lee. Dave Lee. Yeah, and uh, I have to give him all the credit in the world for having a good start you know yeah i only worked for him a year but prior to that i had experience yeah you know some experience i was nailing shoes shoeing some horses okay and uh then i i i didn't it didn't take off because i really wasn't good enough you know yeah but uh so i quit for a little while and did some other things yeah and uh my wife had horses, and she'd haul them to him. She says, you got to see this guy's horseshoeing, you know. It's just way better than what we're used to seeing. Right. And uh, so I went one day, and uh, he uh, had a helper. Uh, I can't think of his name, but his son shoes horses. and uh, He's from Santa Rosa. Okay. Uh, oh. John. John. uh Goodrich? No. 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 Oh. Segaria. S- oh, uh, Segura. Yeah, yeah John, John Segura. Segura. Yeah. Segura? Yeah. Uh, Seguria. Seguria. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh. I was thinking Tom Segura. Anyway, his dad was before me. Okay. Dave. And, uh, it was pretty interesting. That is wow. interesting. Yeah. But I worked for him a year and it made a big difference. 
uh, horseshoeing, it, it's just, it becomes part of you, yeah. you know? I know like, uh, like Grady, mm -hmm. I used to use him as an example all the time when I did clinics. I used to tell guys, you know, I know this guy that if horseshoeing was $15 like it was years ago, he'd be doing them today because yeah. he's a horseshoer, you know, yeah. he, he, it's his passion. Right. And, and that's what happens. Most guys peter out after about 10 years, yeah. you know, statistically and uh, go on to doing something else. Mm -hmm. but yeah. He'll shoe horses till, you know, he gets my age. <laughs> you know, he's a, yeah. and he'll be shooting a lot of them to death. Too, you know, yeah. so yeah, he's an animal. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's amazing. Well, and I wouldn't count yourself short there. Many people uh, that have known you for uh, any length of time, you know, from back in the day, they would also say that Bob Madaris is a is a machine. He's an animal. Oh yeah. yeah. And so I'm curious, kind of staying on that on the the earlier days. Um. What were some of the other peripheral things you were doing before you sort of put your foot down and, sit and drew a line in the sand and say, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go full steam ahead with this horseshoeing thing"? What were, what were some of the other? I, I worked in construction. Okay. Uh, I learned how to finish. I worked on a, con a concrete crew, mm -hmm. and then I hung sheetrock for yeah. a short period of time. Yeah. And that was it. That was the only two little jobs. But prior to that, when I was in high school, I worked in a drugstore for probably all through from my sophomore year to my senior year mm -hmm. then i got married yeah married young <laughs> right yeah, 19 yeah. yeah hell yeah but see i came i from, like your style <laughs> i know <laughs> you know uh, the fun, the funny thing was i never was raised on a ranch union city right union city i was never raised on a ranch never had a pet never had a horse never had nothing <laughs> And uh, when I got married, my wife wanted to get a horse. When we bought the horse, I watched it get shod. Seems easy enough, right? <laughs> and, I, and I said to myself, I think I can do this. I could do that for $7 a head. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> wow. it was. It was cheap back then. I mean, <laughs> we were paying, I think, a guy named by the name of Lucky Gravit. He was a horseshoer from Livermore. He's passed away now. He... Um, He'd come do them for 10 bucks. Wow. But back in those days, like my dad worked for Leslie Salt his whole career as a machinist mechanic. And he'd be, I remember his checks when I was a kid looking out at the table and his checks were like, you know, $90 a week, $95 a week. Right. Oh, wow. So if a guy went out and did a few horses, yeah, yeah. better doing better than the average worker. Yeah. You know, by far. So... That was interesting Not to me. Not too indifferent from... Yeah. yeah. But the, uh, it's kind of a funny story. The way I actually really got started was I moved from an apartment with Linda to a house that had a barn. Okay. On Dakota Road mm. in Union City. And there was a horse boarded there. So I inherited, making a, the rental agreement, I inherited the border. So mm. she'd come pay $15. She bought the hay. I just fed it. And she come pay me $15 a month I was paying 125 a month for this rental <laughs> and so basically I was getting it for 110 what a I, deal you know yeah <laughs> that's great so one day she come over and she said oh I gotta call the horseshoer you know I gotta get her 
I forget her horse's name, her feet trimmed. I told her, I says, I can do that. Well, I had never done it yet, <laughs> ever. How old She's, were you? I was uh, 20. Now, what, okay. okay, so what made you think you could tell her I could do that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I wanted the money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. she paid me five bucks and uh, for the trim. That's what it was then. Okay. And uh, I took that. Fifteen dollars, that twenty dollars. She had the fifteen and the five, and I went over to Murphy's Saddle Shop in Niles, California. Okay. She had a saddle shop. She sold horseshoes and tack, and and yeah. tools. And I went over there and I bought a pair of tools. I bought a a, a nipper, think it, a, a pull off, thinking it was a nipper, and then I <laughs> bought a frost knife and I bought a rasp. So I spent the twenty bucks. Maybe not all of it, but I spent it. And I come back, and I said, I'm going to trim this horse's feet. And so <laughs> I, start, I start trying to trim it, trying to trim it. And I was, I was scared of the hind feet. She was just kind of jerking her feet, but real kind horse. But I didn't know, you know, to crawl under yeah. her. I just, oh. And all of a sudden, I hear my neighbor, who was an old Portuguese guy. And uh, he goes, hey, Bob, what are you trying to do? I said, I'm trying to trim this horse's feet. <laughs> He goes, you don't know what the heck you're doing. And he come over and he trimmed her for me. For free. Yeah, that's how it kind of started. So the lady come back out. She goes, boy, you did a nice job with my horse's feet. You know, you can do her again in six weeks. I said, okay. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's kind of how I got initiated. Okay. Oh, yeah. Watching Lucky and then doing that. And then uh, in the barn... <laughs> There was an old desk, and I opened the drawer. I didn't open it. It was just full of cobwebs and dust. I opened it one day, and it was a horseshoeing manual in, oh. the, in the drawer. Yeah. What a, what I a said, treat. This, this, yeah. is, this is it. This is a calling. That's all you know? I need <laughs> to sign. So I read that, and I went on from there. Okay. And started shoeing my own and my family's horses and not yeah. getting paid, of course. Right. <laughs> And yeah. then uh, I went out on the road, you know, hung out a shingle. Yeah. I had an old Jeep, like a 48 Willys Jeep pickup. Oh, okay. And wow. I a, and I had a little blue dog. This is a funny story. I had a little blue dog. And I hung out my shingle. I got a call one day. This lady wanted me to come shoe her horse. I said, okay, I'll be there, da-da-da. So I go there, and I shoe the horse, and she paid me. It was like 12 bucks. And I left. Oh. <laughs> About... 12 years go by, this lady calls me up. I don't recognize her name. And she says, uh, here's my horse. I'd, I'd like for you to shoe it all four feet. Okay. So I get out and I shoe the horse all four feet. This is 12 years later. And we got, I get to talking to her. She says, yeah, you know, there was a guy around here that had a green Jeep and a little blue dog. He was the worst horseshoer I ever had. She didn't remember my name either. <laughs> I never forgot. I couldn't get over that. I didn't dare tell. I, I thought, I hope she doesn't remember it's me, you know. But I had proved a lot, you know. And sure. I was, uh, yeah. was shooing down there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a, that's a true story. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. And that so for funny. sure has happened time and time again. Because like you said, it, you're... 
those first interactions with horseshoeing can just be so like trial by fire. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and and it's kind of like you're gonna fail. It's whether or not you can you can handle it, right? Yeah. yeah. Whether you can show up again, show up again. Yeah. Um. So before we, I want to kind of. So you worked with Dave Lee for a year. I worked with Dave for a year. And was there the option to keep going, or did he send you on your way, or you th- was there a, at that one year mark? You thought, okay, I got my one year education. I'm. I'm. Well, how did that go down? No, he told me. He was a rugged, rugged guy, and he shot all the show horses in the area, all the Arab farms in those days, a lot of big Arab farms. Mm-hmm. There was a trainer named Merle Lacey who had championship Arabs over there off of, uh, uh, in Alamo. Okay. Uh, it's all houses now. And uh, he he was really good. It's, he was kind of, a, he, the way he learned was his dad had a, a riding stable in, of all places, El Cerrito. Okay. And during the mm-hmm. war, he would run out horses because there was trails all over those hills, you know. And to the, and a lot of Army, Navy guys would come rent horses, you know, things like that. Well, he learned from the guy that was shoeing those horses. But he was shoeing those horses. This old German from Oakland was shoeing mm. those horses in, a, in wood stocks. He mm. would never shoe them like we shoe today. Everything was tied up in woodstocks, and huh. uh, so Dave told me he learned to shoe his. He shot his first horse when he was 12 years old, watching this oh, guy wow. okay. with his dad. But what the the deal was? The verbal contract with Dave was he goes, he's tough. He took John Segaria, senior, mm-hmm. and he we used to go to the uh, the uh, San Francisco Police Department every Monday. That was one of his big accounts. Hmm. And uh, that's where he met John Segaria. Mm. And John told him, he, hey, what would it take to take my kid, teach him how to be a horseshoer? And Dave says, it would take $2,500 without cash without a receipt. <laughs> that's what it would take. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that was a lot of money back then. Yeah, that's huge money. especially. And, uh, yeah. So that's how John Sr. learned. Well, when I met Dave, when I, wife, my wife hauled her horse to her, to him, he was look. He, he told me, he says, "You know anybody that would like to learn to shoe horses?" I said, "Yeah, I would." And he says, oh. uh, "Okay." I says, "Let me think about it, and I'll call you and see if I can do it financially." And he says, "All right." So a week went by, and I thought it over, and I thought, "Okay, I can do this if I make him an offer." So my offer, I called him up. I said. Dave I says it's Bob Madeiras he says oh hi Bob how are you good and I says I got an offer for you I says I'm gonna be off work for a year I says I can collect my unemployment that was 65 bucks a week in those days and I says but if you can pay me five bucks a day five bucks I can make it and Linda was working little sales job so between the two of us we could make it so that's he, he, so I started with them. The first day we went out, I had these big pointed cowboy boots on <laughs> with the points, you know, the real pointed toes. Yeah. And uh, we'd shot 14 horses on Mount Tamalpais at the at a wow. ride, riding club. And he killed me. But we get in the truck, and he he paid me every day with a $5 bill. 
he gave me like 25. He says, go get you a pair of work boots. <laughs> he says, I don't, you're embarrassing me with those things pointing like that. So I got boots. But anyway, he told me right then when we started that I'll only give you a year, and I'm only going to teach you what I want. I want you to know. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, he was real secretive about it. Trade. Yeah. So I I worked for him, and, and when the year was up, I was out. He had another guy lined up, huh. you know. Wow. So. I have 100 questions right now. Yeah? Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, there, it's kind of hard <clears throat> to know where to start. But Yeah, uh, like so many cool freaking avenues that I want to. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about uh, uh, your thoughts on how the industry has changed to some degree or to a lot of a degree. Uh, I'm in my 23rd year this year. Wow. And uh, when I, yeah, right. And you might feel that same way about your 53 years. Is that right? Did you say 53? Yeah. 54. Almost 54. 54. Yeah. Because I want to say you had already shot a lifetime before I even started. And, uh, but when I came in, I feel like I came in at a great time um, from the standpoint of um, farrier relationships. um, You're a very generous uh, you were a very generous mentor and teacher, um, as, uh, Grady and, um, there were clinics to go to. It wasn't like, uh, if you, if you needed to learn something, there was going to be somebody that would be willing to share it with you. But, but I've, and I've heard from you and some other, um, gentlemen that have been at it way longer than I have, that it wasn't always that way. No, no. When I started in Hayward, after I left Dave, there was only two other horseshoes that I knew. Then I met another guy, Jim Hardy, who was uh, shot for the Calvary, mm-hmm. you know, in, during World War II because they still had Calvary horses in Texas wow. at the time and, and some other uh, fort somewhere. But they had horses, and he learned in the Calvary, and then he was shooing. I met him in, over in the Mullet Creek area. But uh, there was very few, and they we, weren't, we wouldn't, you know, talk yeah you know we w- they wouldn't wave at you or, you know even if they recognized you had a shoeing truck and in those days a lot of guys shot out of flat uh shot out of pickup trucks with a nice big toolbox they'd get specially made mm. and then a coal fire sticking mm-hmm. out the back okay yeah and uh, that's the box was their supply of shoes and when I started, there was only two kind of pads in the industry, leather and a, and a Japanese pad came out that was real rubbery that wasn't worth a darn. And that was it. I mean, wow. it goes way back. And there was only two brands of shoes, you know, and that was Multi-Products and Diamond when I first started. Then Izumi Shoe Company came in. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then now it's just, you know, flooded with all you, types. Yeah, of, you yeah. can't even There's, count how many different brands and types of shoes from each yeah. brand and it's really yeah. yeah it's crazy yeah but i mean <clears throat> when i first saw the first kirkhart come out it was in, i was shooing at yara yara and, and uh, this lady asked me to shoe this horse and emil Cray at the time uh knew loot vandalinder mm-hmm. and loot was the one and uh, that brought that stuff over when he because he lived over there in that country from delta right from delta and uh i thought it was a handmade shoe hmm. you know i yeah. didn't even see it, see it I, I saw a number on it but i think he stamped his name over it you know yeah yeah 
and uh, it was it's crazy. The industry has changed a lot to the better. Yeah. Right. You know, a lot. I mean, education's out there. I shot for 25 years before I went to a shoeing competition, and I didn't compete. I went to, in 1987, I went to the NCC. I heard there was a competition. It always intrigued me, you know. Yeah. And everybody would say, gee, you shot so long. If you compete, you're going to win, you know. <laughs> I said, I don't think it's that easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. I was totally impressed. Different animal. Totally impressed. And then that was in 97. And then in 89, I went to Reno to watch the the American Ferris Association contest that where they picked the Ferris team. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw Grant Moon and all these big names. Yeah. And I, I missed the shoeing day. I didn't know the schedules. Just the same thing with the NCC. I, I just saw one forging day. They already had shot the horses, so I didn't get to see that part. But in Reno, I walked down on the floor. It was at that big convention center. Mm-hmm. I walked on the floor. They, you're not supposed to, but I went down there after the Harper class and started looking at the finished shoes before they picked them up. And I was like, holy crap, man, these guys, what am I? I'm a horseshoer. I, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> you know, am I a horseshoer? These guys are blacksmith horseshoers, you know? Yeah. They can do, I had never made a shoe Yeah. in my life for 25 years. Now, okay, so 25 years in, and, and you have a good reputation at that point. Yeah, I mean, good. you're a high-demand farrier yeah. in your own right, in your own area, yeah. and yeah. highly sought after, doing a ton of horses, making a living, and uh, people are probably calling you left and right. Yeah. Right? Can't keep them, you know, away. You're right. And so at 25, you go, what— why? Yeah. At that, like, why, why then? I mean, you don't have to technically no. have anything to prove. Well— that's right. I didn't, but it, but it, it kind of grasped me to see the talent of these mm-hmm. guys, and it, and it made me think, geez, do I, maybe I need to learn this, and I went forward with it. But uh, no, you, there's a lot of I, when I was doing a lot of clinics through the years and traveling all over. There's a lot of guys out there that are really good farriers that don't never competed in their life. Yeah. Right. And they're very successful. You don't have to. It's a personal yeah. thing, I think. Yeah. You know, but it's amazing how it changed, you know. For, I mean, it changed me. Yeah. Um, when you saw that, when you saw, sorry, I was just wondering, when you saw that for the first time, that level of craftsmanship, did that, what, yeah, how did that affect the way, well, yeah, the way you saw what you were doing? Like, did that was that like a crushing blow to your ego? No. <laughs> <laughs> or was it no, different? It didn't it didn't crush my ego, but I I also <laughs> did think though that maybe I better learn more. Right. You know, about yeah. the, uh, the the art of fairy. Yeah. yeah. I better learn it because and then it it it's kind of took took over my life for about 15 years or more. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But um it, it's just amazing to to go somewhere and you're you're uh, you think you know you're you've got a great business and you're right. you understand the feet and you're making tons of money. It's like I used to say, how can you how can you tell somebody they need to go to a clinic or a contest when they're making good <laughs> a damn good living? Yeah, right, right. And you can't. You know, right. they'd rather on the weekends they're gonna go 
on the boat. Yeah. They're going to go do things with their kids, you know, yeah. so it takes away from the family because it's, if you want to reach that level, yeah. you got to put in a lot, of, a lot of time. Yeah, got to be obsessed. Yeah, it, yeah, but you don't, you don't have to, to to make a good living, Right. you know. I think a good goal is a certified journeyman or certified farrier is a great goal to have a, a, yeah. a credential behind your name. Right, yeah. But you don't have to go out and compete thinking you're going to make the American Farriers team. Yeah, you know, I so mean what that, that's that not very many people reach that that level. Right. You know that's a tough level. To, you have to really work at it. Right. Yeah. You know. It's MBA level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In a way. In a way, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Your dedication. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. mean that the people, the farriers that show up to those things to watch, doesn't mean that that they could be very much better than you on a foot. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You, you know what I mean. So, yeah. but it's, it was a good journey. Yeah. You know, I'm curious if, uh, if there is anything, uh, let's like if I, if we can call you Bob 1.0 in the first <laughs> 25 years <laughs> and, and then that reckoning moment becoming Bob 2.0, maybe <laughs> what, uh, what were some of the distinct differences that you saw uh, and left behind, and then the things that you brought forward with you once you kind of maybe you saw something different. Uh, are you? Is that question? Like, uh, how did how did your horseshoeing. yeah? How did your business change after taking? Oh. You know, at that point that you, um, it's kind of another line in the sand that you drew. I mean, at, you know, it's the line yeah. in the sand that you drew to become a farrier, and then after yeah. that twenty-five year mark, you sort of see what what's going on on the. Uh, in a whole different um, level perspective right. of farriery, right? Yeah, and then you yeah. think, okay, this is, I want to know this now. Mm-hmm. And so after you, you become obsessed with that, how does that affect your business, uh, your clientele, your um, number of horses? Maybe it might even affect the number of horses you do. It might affect the type of horses you're doing. Can you yeah. talk to the, talk about that a little bit? Well, I'll tell you, some people really like the fact that I was furthering my education mm-hmm. and, and perceive, you know, competing in my, in my job, which is a rare thing because you don't get to p- compete in your job very often. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Carpenters aren't really doing that. No. <clears throat> Plumbers aren't really doing that either. No, no. Yeah. But <coughs> I would say that 50% of them were really impressed and, you know, acknowledge the fact that you, you you know you you got your those credentials yeah and then some could care less yeah and yeah. some would you know i mean i got fired from people you know right whatever skill level i was at <laughs> you know i mean yeah, yeah. they just it just happens that way they move to a barn they meet somebody a friend there at the barn and oh you who do you use and you know it just goes on and on right oh, i use Drees or right gabe and Right. And then I say, well, you ought to do Drees, and he's the best. And, yeah, Gabe you know, never went to school. I've lost horses to. He's not certified. I, I've <laughs> lost horses to every level uh, of farriers yeah. that were out there. Really? You know, I mean, some guys really unskilled. Yeah. Real unskilled, but people move on, you know. Yeah. And then they come back sometimes. And yeah. How do you handle that when they move on? Maybe to somebody who you know is not as skilled or as skilled uh, as i thought i was yeah sure exactly (laughs) that's exactly right Um, yeah yeah how do you handle getting fired when when, 
it hurts. Yeah. You know, it still hurts me today when if I, you know, have a pretty good client and all of a sudden I haven't been fired in a long time because I don't do that many anymore. So I'm not, right. I don't have the clientele, but it hurts, yeah. you know, because you think it just gets to you. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it gets to your under your skin and your pride, I guess. Yeah. But it does. It, it hurts. I hated losing clients. I, I but I, Emil Carre had it figured out. Yeah. You know, first of all, he, he I think Dries might have heard me say this before. Mm -hmm. When Ronald Reagan came in to become president, he turned all the lunatics out of the crazy houses. <laughs> he said they all went out and bought horses. <laughs> <laughs> he says they're, they're nuts. You know, yeah. yeah. And he they're was spirit a, animals. He's a good, <laughs> Emil was a different kind of guy, but he was handy and he was very yeah. skillful. I've seen some of his contest work years back and thought he should have won you yeah know? and yeah. he'd be second or or he'd win i yeah. went with him to a couple contests in montana and he did really good hmm. you know and but he i asked him one time i said hey emil how come you never you know really decided to go after a, a be on the team you know yeah he said i just couldn't work that hard you know yeah and he was real honest about it but he yeah. couldn't work that hard but he, he, you know, losing horses. Sometimes it, some horseshoes it doesn't bother them. You know. Yeah. Right. But it always bothered me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could totally relate to the the hurt part and the and usually the first thing I I do uh, is I try to do an autopsy on it. Okay. You know, I try to figure out. Okay, so where where did it go wrong? Was it a, a breakdown in my communication skills? Was it a breakdown in my ability to perform the proper work? Was it, um, was it one of those situations where, regardless of what I was going to do or could do, it was going to happen either way? You, you know, yeah. some things are yeah. so far beyond your control that <laughs> you can't beat yourself up too much. And I try not to do it in a manner in which I'm justifying that, oh, it's, gonna, it's okay that I got fired. I'm trying to do it in a manner that I'm going to actually self-learn from it and then improve so I can mitigate that happening again. You know, going forward, because I, you know, I don't get fired. I mean, I've been fired. Sure, you can't do it this long and not get yeah. fired. It just won't happen, right? <clears throat> but uh, it doesn't happen very often. I, I mean, I feel like I bring enough value in my service to where it, it it's, it's generally going to happen on a misunderstanding yeah. rather yeah. than a, rather than a lack of performance, right. um, which is still my responsibility. If it's on a misunderstanding or a miscommunication, it's still my responsibility. So. Um, but yeah, that's usually the first thing I'll do is try to do a little autopsy on it yeah, and, uh, yeah. and figure it out. And I, I don't know that you've ever told me that directly, but I felt like that was a similar approach that you would take yeah. when, uh, if not, and again, I, I rarely ever saw you lose a horse, but, yeah. um, I mean, you never know how it goes either. I've had <clears> clients <throat> for seven, eight years, trainers, good, you know, the horses weren't great. The team, right. They, because they're trainers, but you know, <laughs> just all of a sudden you're out. Right. It's like, yeah. what the hell happened? I, I even right. told one guy, I said, I, his, his name was um, uh, Don Murphy. He had yeah. Raining horses in Livermore there for years. I go, what's, what's the deal, Don? You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he got <laughs> pissed off at me because I, he he was going to a show and I said I can't get there. 
He says, well, I'll haul them to you. I says, great, bring them in the morning at my house over there on Highland. See, he brings them. I thought everything was fine. I shot the horse. He went on his way. After that, I was canned. <laughs> and I asked, I confronted him, you know. He was a big guy, but yeah. I wasn't afraid of him, you know. Yeah, I says, yeah I've met him. What's yeah. what's the what's the reason? He goes, remember that day you made me haul my horse? I says, you offered to haul your horse. <laughs> I didn't tell you you got to haul him. Yeah. You offered. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. just Yeah, what are you going to do? But, yeah. you know, then the word... I found out later he, his old horseshoe came back in town, yeah. and there you go. I sure. was I, at that time. I think I was charging forty-five bucks, and this guy was charging thirty-five bucks, and yeah. he was still padding the bill. Mm-hmm. So he was yeah. coming, you know, he was yeah. making his money work, right? Which yeah. is good, which is fine. I don't care. Sure, but you just don't know. But it yeah. always hurts you if you have, you know, especially when you're young in the business, like. Yeah, Gabe, and you know you, you you do the best you can, and you get don't get called back, or they make other arrangements. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the nature of the business. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I've always said <clears throat> to the guys that's helped me through the years, if when you shoe a horse, you you want to make you want those people those people when they pay you to want to pay you to want to to pay you that money right you have to be not only a decent horseshoer but you have to be a a people person and you want them to like you enough to they enjoy giving you the check mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know, when it, and that's what i told robbie when robbie started out you know he was kind of smart kind of smarty you know smart ass i guess i can say <laughs> yeah and uh, a couple of I told them, I said, when they, when you shoot that horse and they're handing you the check, they don't want to feel resentment. Right. No. You, you have to, you know, make them want to pay you that check. And 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 I had I had a client one time tell me when she was paying me, she said, <laughs> she says, you know, Bob, you uh, you make you treat me like. You treat me so good. You treat me like this is the only horse you shoe <laughs> in life. What a great compliment, though. Yeah, she told me that. That is cool. And uh, she and, didn't ever fired me. <laughs> but, well, in such yeah. a, I think that's a that encapsulates your your service philosophy right exactly. then and there. Yeah. You know, for her to say something yeah. like that, yeah. she noticed. Like people she noticed, noticed that. Yeah, and yeah. that's and I told Robbie too. I said, you know, I didn't expect Rob to be such a great uh you know shoe builder and and all that but he's learned his people skills to the point now yeah you know where he's mm-hmm. he, he has the skill on the foot and he has the skill with the yeah client. right yeah, and, he's good. and it's and he's it's great. worked well but he took a couple beatings mm-hmm. over it you know <laughs> yeah 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 there's but, growing pains i think yeah. for all of us yeah that's yeah. what i'm you know like little Dries. i'm i'm trying to t- share those things with them so he maybe it sinks in his head. Yeah. You know, because he's young. Yeah. And and that when they're young like that, you tend to you don't tend to get it. You yeah. get it when ten years down the road when you went through all this these little <laughs> failures, then you say, Oh shit, you know, this is working now. Yeah. You know, so I better just do continue. Right. You know, so I mean it everybody has to stumble and fall a few mm-hmm. times and yeah. And then you learn. 
you know. Yeah, with horseshoeing failure, yeah, you have you're gonna have to work through that quick. Yeah. It seems as seems to be that way if you wanna last. Yeah. You know, it's funny <clears throat> I feel so fortunate to be able to have I've only I've never worked with you. I've all you know, we've always yeah. <laughs> always kind of been moving around each other, right? But uh I have worked with Grady and Drees and I and if I may say they you have uh passed that way of doing business along uh very well you know so much so that it's affected me in the way that I do business um you know it's uh and it's so true it's how you treat people it's how you greet the horse it's uh i mean it's it seems to be a lot of really simple you have, things you have to that, wear a lot of hats right you know in this business not just a horseshoe and a hat yeah there's more to be a professional to it you know and yeah. the, I, I used to it used to amaze me years back when a lot of the farriers were around and um they would do just a very average shoeing job yeah you know just average i mean the finish work might be a little rough but i mean when i say average uh, i mean everything was there but nothing fantastic right but they always had a good practice because they worked hard and showed up right and mm -hmm. and didn't you know if they made an appointment they kept it or if they had to get out of the appointment they call like years ago before cell phones I'd be running behind because a lot of the barns, you know, you think you're going to do four and then there's six on the list. Yeah. And you right. tell Mrs. Jones you're going to be there at 11. And <laughs> anyway, you know, that goes. Yeah. I'd have to go to us. I'd be driving. I'd pull over to the phone, pay phone, put a dime in that sucker and call. You yeah. know, I mean, I always yeah. tried to <clears throat> treat people's time <clears throat> as valuable as my time. Yeah. And to this day. I cannot stand when people are late, you know. <laughs> I I get there early. I'm like in yeah. the morning apartments. I'm at Dave, I'm at Dave, David Busick's this morning at six thirty, waiting for Jake. He's only going to be there at seven thirty, and he comes. But I'm there early. <laughs> yeah. And ev my clients always tell me, "Well, if you tell me it's it's ten, I'll be here at nine. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Because they know I'm, I've always I always time myself to be on time, and yeah. I've done that my whole entire career. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know. Do you f do you find that uh, that kind of gives you a little more peace too? Yeah, I throughout think so. the day. Yeah, you know. Be yeah, because time we only have so much time. Right. You know, and yeah. and everybody's time is worth a lot. Yeah. And so that's always been my philosophy, even to this day. If I'm waiting for the kids to show up. Yeah, waiting like Rob, for me to show up. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie is, uh, he's good. Because yeah. I, I'll say, come for the barbecue. Become a, any, you know, come and we'll start about noon, one o'clock. Right. He's here at 11. So I yeah. know it's rubbing off on him a little bit. And he's under horses with headlamps every yeah. morning, you know. He gets, yeah. a, he gets an early start. You know, but yeah. his practice is different than meeting, a, meeting the client. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and 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 the, the less you can meet the client i mean it's nice to meet the clients yeah. but the less you have to meet the clients the less mistakes you're going to make meaning yeah. you're going to mm -hmm. be on time you're mm -hmm. going to take the horse you're going to take your time or, or they're not there breathing down your neck right 
you know? Yeah. That's the status of my current business. <laughs> a lot of client meeting. A that's, lot of hand holding. That's okay though. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's the way it's it's, it's going to be until all of a sudden you land an account in a big stable <coughs> where you're doing 10 or 15 horses. Right. And yeah. you're there on a, every Thursday or a well, Tuesday. And if you're not working yeah. with help, that's that's a good way to do it. You know, if you don't have the help, right. if you don't have an apprentice with you or another farrier with you, it's not a bad idea having the client there in all in all reality, you know, just in case something's going down, you, it's nice to have that second hand on deck to yeah, to manage absolutely. something or a sec- second set of eyes to see what just happened or right. or mm-hmm. whatnot or, you know, to go catch this horse that just got loose or who, who knows, right? Right. <clears throat> and, you, Bob, you've had uh, a countless number of apprentices. <clears throat> um, Which one was the best? Yeah, <laughs> it might not be fair a fair question to ask. You probably have one in your head, but uh, which is gr- I'm so happy I I haven't been your apprentice. Well, asking you that, and question. I know you could say you could say we could, cool. it wouldn't hurt my feelings because <laughs> yeah. no, I think uh, I never got to work with you on the day to day basis. No, we, you and I worked together maybe four or five times just on days that Grady didn't need me. But I spent countless hours at your house forging me and Nick and the other guys and 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 Robbie and everybody, but. You and I lived in the same town now for the last 15 yeah. years, and yeah. and uh, there were a good handful of years when I was uh, going hard at the competition stuff where uh, you were my forging mentor. You know, maybe not wasn't my – I got a lot of everyday knowledge from you too, but, um, yeah, but no, you've had a, countless uh, apprentices. Uh, you can answer – if you want to answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. I have no problem with that. Uh, I think Grady – Mm-hmm. was probably he worked for me six years yeah and yeah. Uh, when i was on the farriers team he i just hand him my when i i'd hand him my book because i was shooing so many horses i would hand him my book and say take care of these this week yeah i, I gotta go here i gotta go there and he was so far along when he first came hey you gotta remember everybody crawls before they walk yeah. when right. i first met grady he I mean, you know, he was just out of school. Yeah. So he thought he was pretty good, but he wasn't even there yet, you know, at the time, just like all of us. But Was he, he cocky sh- when he was young? Uh, he was 19, I think. or mm-hmm. s- Yeah, he's 19. At the time. Yeah. It, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little know, cocky. But, but, you know, he's <laughs> a little bit. Well, I remember uh, you'd, you would tell stories <laughs> of him fighting with horses. Yeah, he would fight with them a lot initially because he was kind of big and had a hard time getting underneath them. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, funny. but he w- he was a good helper. I mean, uh, not only, he wasn't only a good helper, but he's. I I I happened. To, it was the perfect timing for me and him. You know. Yeah. The way the situation mm-hmm. was, because I was I didn't go to my first contest till I was forty-seven, just like Dave had me go you know dave lee had me when he was 47 yeah brady was just a kid like i was yeah so i knew to get from as you know there's a lot of years difference mm-hmm. so, you know so you can learn a lot right but grady caught on really fast and fit horses really good and shaped horses good and i'd come back and the horses were good you know that's, i never complained cool. once yeah you know? yeah but i paid him good because when i said here's the book he got the all I, whatever he did, I paid him in full for the hort, the full amount. Yeah, you know, because he's using his stuff. Because, uh, I mean, I wasn't like a rich guy, but I wasn't gonna, 
have any resentment, you know. Right. You're out yeah. there shooting six, seven horses. You're going to get. Right. I said, keep track of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was, uh, he's just an amazing guy. Yeah. You know, he's one, he, like I said, he would be shooting horses today if it was $15. Yeah. 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 Know? Absolutely. I came, I came in right at the heels of that. Um, I think when I first started, you were coming out of your second year on the team, I want to say. Yeah. Or you were just starting your, you took a year off from being on the team and then you were kind of made another run at going for the team. And I, that's right about the time I came in. And so, um, I remember seeing you in the magazine and Pleasanton, California, man, that's close to me. I'll give that guy a call, you know, maybe I could go work for him. I was working for Joe Magistri in Lodi. and uh, I needed but that was only two days a week and I wanted I was hungry I loved it it was all I was thinking about and I I needed to get under more horses and I I wanted to do it every day Um, and so I called you you were very kind answered my call and that was before cell phones and so that was calling the home phone and uh, you actually picked up the phone and then uh, but you didn't need any help yeah I'm pretty good on help right now I don't need any help maybe if I one of these guys, you know, that you had Ryan Felix, um, okay. and, uh, and you were, you were good on help. You had, you had Ryan Felix most, the, most every day. You had Grady on Wednesdays and you had, um, uh, you remember, gosh, what was his name? Um, um <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, talk about, he was the cocky one. <laughs> Sean Gaya. Sean, Sean Gaya, yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> He was a handy guy. He was super handy, yeah. So you told me no, and I was I was like, oh, okay. That was really who I was hoping for because this has got to be the best guy in my area. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know who was good and who wasn't, but I knew you must be good because you were in the magazine and uh, the American Farriers Journal. And it just so happened I'd gotten Grady's number from Natalie, my wife's uh, best friend's cousin, was one of Grady's clients, and she gave me Grady's number, Hal Irby, Eddie Basso, a couple others. And I, again, I didn't know who was good, who wasn't good. All of them were better than me, so it didn't really matter. You know, I was just looking to get under horses, and I called Grady. Didn't know he was your guy. He didn't call me back. A couple days, about a week goes by, I call him again, and still didn't call me back. <laughs> Finally, after about two weeks, I call a third time, and he... Uh, and again, this was before cell phones, so you were only making calls in the evenings for the most part, and, and unless you had to do something like you said, where you could stop off and you know call on the phone, or maybe use the barn phone for your next stop or something. And uh, he calls and he says, "Well, what are you looking for?" <laughs> and so I just, I just, I just want somebody to to work for. I, I want to get under horses. I want to, I want to shoe horses. And uh, and again, I still didn't know that there was a connection with you. And so he said, okay, well, meet me at 5.30 in the morning at the Christmas tree farm, um, and we're out in Martinez. And so he says, bring a lunch because we'll be there all day. Well, and mind you, I was working for Joe Magistri, who, like yourself, does a lot of horses too. Yeah. Not the same, but, you know, volume-wise, you know. And I'm like, this guy sounds young. How could he be doing, I mean, are we going to do, like, I'm used to doing a lot. You know, not that I have my own horses yet to do, yeah. but I'm used to doing a lot, you know. But I'll bring a lunch, you know. And so, sure enough, we did probably 10 that day. And uh, fortunately, I was sort of broke in, you know. 10 wasn't the end of the world. But I'll tell you, the first time, first horse I go to pick up the foot to pull the shoes, I thought, this is how I want to shoe horses. Yeah. Hmm. I could see it right there. That This is it. This is what I want to do. 
like this is how I, and this is how I want to do it. And, uh, you know, so fortunately, Grady and I hit it off, you know, at the beginning. And I was really his first helper. He kind of had Felix every, you know, on patchwork days, you know, but he didn't really have anybody before before myself. And then so lo and behold, Grady and I got to talking and, and he says, yeah, on, on Wednesdays I work for Bob. And I was like, Bob, like Bob Medeiros. He says, yeah. I said, oh, I called him. And so, <laughs> so lo and behold, I kind of got to be in, I got to be in the fold, yeah. even though you denied me, which is fine. Um, but <laughs> still found a way. I still found a way. And I really feel like uh, God was looking out for me, you know, properly placed me. And in fact, it was probably better that on the day-to-day basis I got with Grady anyway, yeah. because um, he hadn't had help yet. He was used to working by himself. And so there were days when we were really working well. And then there's days where you just, you have to kind of wait your turn to do the work because he wasn't quite set up for two guys yet, even though we, he would still do 10, you know, seven, six, eight, whatever. But man, I could just sit right in front of him, ask him every single question. And and we talked horseshoeing all day long. He probably couldn't wait for me to go home because (laughs) I was just asking him so many questions, you know, where if I had gotten on with you, perhaps it might not have been that same one-on-one, you know, that real intimate, uh, conversations all day long, you know, mm-hmm. because it was, we got to get this done. Cause I got, you know, I'm going down the road or I got to get this done. Cause it, you know, whatever. Right. It just was different. You know, yeah. he was in a different spot, but, yeah. um, I still reap the benefits of the whole deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I took cool two story. guys for a long time too. Mm-hmm. With yeah. three of us at some of those barns do 18, 22 horses in a day. I had a Dang. Danny Moraes. You know Danny? I That's never met lot. Danny, but I knew uh, the legend of Danny Moraes. Yeah. You know, I remember you guys talking about him. I think I may have met him once or twice, but he was. Uh, yeah. Um, it was after he, he was, was a, working with you. He was a hand. He was a good horse trainer too. Mm. But I, I, I was taking care of Summit Farms mm-hmm. then, and uh, I we went up. You know, we, a lot of horses all the time. We'd get up there, and the list would be on the shoeing area. And there'd be 18, 16, 18, and it'd be like 11 o'clock in the, uh, on a Friday. And he'd go up to that list. He goes, Bob, I just want to puke. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to puke. How are we going to do this? I said, let's uh, just get started and see what happens, you know? Let's keep yeah. going. And so yeah. we'd some, leave some, you know, do quite a few, but. We'd leave a few for the next, you know, I'd go yeah. back on a Monday or something, mm-hmm. you know. But he wanted to puke. He, he, he goes, I just want to puke when I come up here. <laughs> I just, yeah. It's I endurance work is what it seems like sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You, it's just, uh, you can't think of the whole list, though. You just no, got to start yeah. with the first horse. You got to start, and pretty yeah. soon you'd be surprised. You get to rolling, and it all, yeah. next thing you know, yeah. you're only got one or two <clears> left, and we got it. We can yeah. get it done. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. We'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Go pop those shoes off. Man, you got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get two at a time and just go for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it works out good. It's It's been good. Yeah. I'm going to miss it if I ever retire, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious. Um, and you've kind of, we've kind of already talked about some of the things that horseshoeing uh, gives as far as in the way of uh, learning from it as a business and those various aspects. What do you think, and w- we can add to that too, if anything comes to mind, but what do you think it uh, it's taken from you in the time that you've done it? Time. 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just it, no. You know what? I feel blessed because I've made a lot of a hell of a good living, supported yeah. my family, built a couple houses, you know, it just goes on and on. And um I don't think you know, you'll often wonder, you say to yourself, you know, if I wasn't shooting horses, what would I do? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, when I was 19, I kept thinking, I didn't know the horse thing was going to ever happen, but it did. But prior to that, I felt like I could make it big in something. Yeah. And I would probably would have been a contractor. Mm. Matter of fact, back then I was trying to get a job as a carpenter. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I thought... This is, a, I was always good in wood shop, all the shops in school, you know, I was always handy with stuff. So, but somehow or another, I ended up being a horseshoer. Yeah. You know, and I, and I still am today. But yeah. I, I, it's funny how things, your life goes, you know. Yeah. But. Uh, as far as the sacrifices made, that you've had to make along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, if really. If there are I, any. I don't, I don't know if. I'll tell you what, I I don't think I can say I I sacrificed anything except time for my my son. Yeah. You know, because I worked a lot of Saturdays and yeah. like Grady's going through now. Mm -hmm. You know, he just has to go do some. Other than that, I just worked, you know, worked yeah. hard. It was my job <clears throat> and I was doing really good at it. Doing yep. better than the carpenters and the contractors at the time, mm -hmm. you know, because right. I knew some of them, and uh, you know, that's a this was solid. It's always one. Sorry, oh. we're good. I'm yeah, sorry. no. One thing about this, I noticed after about five years in the business that I was doing really well, and I'd see carpenters or contractors hey you work in this no winter time you know comes mm -hmm. shut down i'm just just moving along yeah and i think and then i love it you know you have to love what you do just like Dries couldn't get enough of it yeah and i've never ever got up and not like going to work i notice as an older man now the mornings are hard getting out of bed getting moving but i'm still happy to get over that horse you know yeah. it's mm -hmm. just one of those things it's it's a it gets in your blood just like robbie i mean yeah i i he worked at safeway from 16 years old till he was 26 yeah but in 10 years and i always knew he was could be better than just work. i mean nothing's wrong with working at safeway yeah don't get me wrong but right it makes a living for a lot of people but yeah. I always knew he was better than that. Yeah. And I took him one summer when his summer job didn't pan out when he was 17. And he'd been around horses since he was a kid. And um, he said I was psycho <laughs> to do this job. He says, Dad, you're just psycho because I had a couple bad <laughs> pullback and yeah. had some trouble, you know. I said, well, it's what we have to do. That's and so anyway. Funny. Then at 26, he quit Safeway, and the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. You know? He went into work with Dad. I so, yeah. I mean, it took him that long. Well, see, what I think I th might have told Dries this. When he was 25 or 26, I judged the Calgary Stampede World okay. Championships. 
And I said, you're going with me. I'm going to take you up there. And so I made him come mm. up there, me and my wife and him. And he saw that competition. And when we came back, he said, start showing me more of this. I want to, yeah. you know, he, he really got, he, he saw the, the value. Yeah. And all these men and, and women, you know, competing. Yeah. And he saw that value. When he saw that. Yeah. And made friends. It was like, psh, yeah, off to the races. It's mm -hmm. pretty inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Nick was coming on at that time, too. Nick was hot and cold. He'd work yeah. sometimes with Grady, sometimes with me when he was younger. Mm -hmm. And then he'd bat off building, framing, framing, you know, remodels with his dad, you know. <laughs> sure. And yeah. riding motorcycles. He thought he was going to be a <laughs> motorcycle dirt guy, dirt bike <laughs> rider. But, you know, so. Yeah. But he's finally settled into a good practice up there in Montana. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a beautiful place to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> you you have quite the uh, the farrier tree, Bob, and um, I, I wonder how often you sit back and think about that, and uh, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I. It's funny you said that because I I think about it a lot. I I'll when I'm up at the cabin, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of times I just get on something that happened years ago and yeah, think about yeah. it and. And it just it's it still amazes me, you know, to be able to be healthy enough at 75. I'll be 75 in August mm -hmm. to be able to go out and shoe a horse, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think what I'd like to share with if anybody young out there that's uh, wanting to be a horseshoe or shoeing horses is you can't don't expect every shoeing job you do to be perfect. If, you know, you, you, I've walked away from so many horses thinking, damn, I could have done this. I could have done that. I yeah. should have yeah. done this. I should have done that. You've experienced mm -hmm. it. And and like I used to tell the, the young guys, it says, hey, difference between a good job and a bad job is six weeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. so like today I did a horse at David's. Yeah. It was a new horse. And I hate, I like doing the horses I've been doing. Yeah. But this new horse, and he, he had decent feet, kind of a long-footed, big quarter horse. And I shot him in front, and I just hated it. Yeah. To this, you know, it, it just, yeah. you know, I think you got to be your own judge. And and somebody might come up and say, gee, that's really nice. Mm -hmm. Sure. But if you if you're content with what you're doing all the time you're gonna fall back yeah and uh you gotta try every time to do it to your specifications yeah you know mm -hmm. yeah but you can't be i i mean every competition i've ever went to and shot a horse i've won some places a lot of them you know won a few there's always room for improvement and and a judge might look at that or you Another horseshoe will look at that. Right. He'll look at your flat foot. You think it's flatter than <laughs> a pancake? He'll pick it apart. Yeah. yeah. You'll you'll pick up his foot foot and you'll say, "Is that flat?" Yeah, it's flat. And you look at it, and it's not flat. Yeah. yeah. To you. So I mean, it's just human nature. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. I, I swear that foot fucking changes every time you put it down, though. Oh, they do. <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's it's the nature of the business. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just the nature of the skill of the trade. 
there's never it's never perfection yeah you know but always to strive for it yeah you have to <laughs> yeah, that's right it, it doesn't end yeah i've absolutely. been doing that chasing it my whole <laughs> life trying to get that perfect perfect job and and sometimes yeah. you know one front foot might come out a little nicer than the other front foot or a <laughs> yeah. fit, uh, yeah. your clip fit, or whatever you're trying to do with your clips, you know, if you want to burn them in or if you can't burn them in or whatever. But it's it's uh, it's never perfect. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's never perfect. I've had to I we, we're nearing the end of this guy, but uh, I've, I've kind of had to come to terms with that recently where it was where because there that's a lot of expectation right that yeah. every time i'm going to i'm going to bring it um and then usually you fall short yeah but at first there's a lot of pressure behind that like not the weight of the world that's an exaggeration but it's kind of the weight of perfection heard the desire for it and um but it's actually freeing once you once you think about it because it's because of the fact it's endless, it it's like a it. I mean, for some it might be too overwhelming, but it's a game that never ends, and yeah. to me that's exciting. Yeah, that makes it good. <clears throat> right. Uh, it's not like a trade, like a, a sheet rocker or a tape and texture guy. Right. It, it's all obvious. Right. We're dealing with different feet. Yeah. Different horses. Yeah. Biology. Different sizes of feet. Yeah. Confirmation. So it's it's, it's every an, every it's time a, it's different every time and it's right. an endless uh not only is it different every time it's different on the same horse each time right. because of diff- changing seasons barn riding work whatever but then it's a it's a it's a continually subjective moving target even on the same horse you know it's yeah uh, because as you mentioned somebody else could say well no that foot that confirmation needed this you know like well <laughs> i don't normally do that i normally put a lateral extension on that you know or um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you could rocker it, but or you could, or you could set it back, or this and that. You know, where right. auto parts, carpentry, <laughs> you know, tape and yeah. texture, like that's all mathematics. Like you can't, you yeah, know, yeah. Th- it's down. Yeah, there's tolerances in that as well. Yeah, and you know, acceptable tolerances, if you will. But it, it's either straight or it's not straight in carpentry. You know, you you can use the algebraic equation to come up with your rise over run. You know, or or right. to find. You know, to solve for X, but with horseshoeing, it's oh, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, you got to look. The most subjective (laughs) field of work you'll ever get into. Sure. Yeah. Just like the competitions, same thing. You know. Yeah. It's Uh, it's subjective to what the judges want. Yeah. And and you can't. It's hard to master. You can master it. You know, you're a master at it. I'm a master at it. You're. I'm trying. Learning to be a master <laughs> at it. But, and there's going to be jobs you'll walk away and you'll be very happy. Your yeah. nail lines will be perfect. The feet are in good condition. The fit's perfect. Yeah. And you might go get another horse and it's you're struggling. Yeah, totally. You know, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And, it, and the worst thing, you can't be a hero if somebody takes the horse out of the stall the day after you shot it and they can't walk out. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it doesn't matter what it looks like at that point. Uh, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, the horse just told you that it ain't right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you have those issues. Yeah. You know, so. And then to add blacksmithing to it, it's yeah. like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. We're adding two. <laughs> two trades. Yeah, yeah, there are two trades. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Two infinites. Yeah, it's a, it's, but it's good. Yeah, that's what, that's the magic. That's the ma- the majesty of it, right? Or like the that makes it yeah. get, gets in your blood. I think. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. And I certainly, after all these years of shoeing horses, I have no regrets about it. Yeah. I just wish I would have. I couldn't have started any earlier, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's. I was fortunate to work with Dave Lee, and you know he was my my mentor for 25 years yeah you know if i had a question i'd call him yeah get his opinion and then i he passed away and then i uh i was competing and and i had a lot of mentoring and then also you when you're a clinician like i did a lot of clinics for mudstat corporation yeah and i learned a lot watching these guys yeah you know, teaching. I'm the teacher, but I'm learning. Yeah. That's what, what was so amazing. I'd see somebody do something on a shoe, and I'd walk over like, "What? What did you just do?" And he'd show me, put it in my yeah. computer, and try it at that. home. Or and it, it was amazing what what you learn being a teacher. Yeah. In a trade. Yeah. 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 You know. That's something that I've uh, um, appreciated about you so much over the years. Uh, your ability to um, to problem solve a shoe, to learn how to build a shoe, uh, and you got to a point as I I you got to a point to where you learned how to build a lot of these shoes from other people, but then you got to a point alongside that to where you could see that shoe and then figure out how to build it without somebody showing you. Yeah. And then hmm. in addition to that, you would also you had a great ability to break it down to its to the simplest path to get to the end result and then or come up with little tricks little portuguese tricks (laughs) (laughs) along the way to solve the problem i remember i was doing an arab toe weight for a contest and and you said i know we're going to do that one dree so i'm going to show you exactly what we're going to do and i'm going to show you the best way to get that toe clip jump welded on there it's going to i I was practicing that one and i figured it out it's going to be great (laughs) and and sure enough you know, I told you what I'd been doing. You're like, okay, no, you're doing that right, but there's a couple little things we're going to change, and it's going to be just right. Yeah, <laughs> and sure I enough, love it, that. Yeah. yeah, I really. Uh, that was that's one thing. Not one. I mean, there's many things, but that's that's certainly a thing that uh, uh, I've appreciated over the years. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I used a lot of ingenuity when I was competing because I was older. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and most of those guys that go go on the Ferris team, they start at, like your age. Yeah, and they start competing. Well, I was already forty-seven years old before I went to my first competition, and I got my butt kicked, you know, yeah. by a lot of young guys. That, but they were good, you know. They were they were mm-hmm. been doing it. But uh, so I had a, I had to take my. I got in the mindset of doing little, a lot of little tricks. Even Raleigh would come over and say, "I go, Raleigh." I, she goes, I like your little tricks, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, you have anything to offer me on this shoe? And then I think about it and we'd come up with something, you know? Yeah. So I had to beat them. I was older, so I had to beat those 35 year old guys. Yeah. Uh, my way. Yeah. Know? I mean, I wasn't no Muhammad Ali or nothing, but yeah, you know, well, that forces you to change and right. And, and adapt. Think. Right. 
mm-hmm. other you know? than whatever the the norm was. Or, yeah. Yeah. Those guys would just muscle that stuff, and I would, if I never, I, I if I didn't have to bump, I wasn't bumping. Yeah. Right. You know, if I had to do this, I wasn't doing it. Yeah. I'm gonna do it my way. I love that. You know, I mean, one thing comes to mind when I made the team the first year. That was a hunt, set of Hunter Hines with yeah with the uh, inline caulks on it, you know, and I I welded mine. Yeah. You know, I didn't even forge them. I forged the shape, and I got them in a line of travel. <laughs> then I welded them, and then I rasped. <laughs> there would be a line. I rasped this way with the coarse part of the rat. I got third place at the convention on that. Yeah. It did, <laughs> you know, and it was I mean, unconventional. Got, yeah. yeah. Here you and, got guys yeah. rolling the heel over. And, yeah, roll it over and, and forge it up a caulk. You don't get them as high, but it works. Yeah. And so Robbie one time when he was, uh, I think he was on the, when he started traveling back east a little bit when he made the team, there was a couple guys there. They asked who he was and, oh, we knew your dad. We were at the convention that year. He welded the caulks on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I got a kid who came back and told me I laughed. Yeah. The year he found a loophole. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it's not cheating. No. I just, but I used every angle I could to, to yeah. compete those, with, against those guys. Yeah. See, know? that's the point. See, to me, that's what competition is. Right? That's yeah. what it should be. Look out for those guys that do that one different uh different thing because that's where you you go to take whatever skills you've been practicing and working on and or little tricks you learned right to yeah when i was on the team those guys i love that they thought i was like way behind yeah you know yeah on (laughs) the way they were forging i said no this is how i do it that's right (laughs) check it out yeah (laughs) i love that yeah it was fun it was a good experience you know yeah, I miss it. I really wish. Uh, Robbie said he was going to go to the NCC this year, and I asked him what the shoe list was, and I here I am, seventy one of the seventy five, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I can make those shoes. <laughs> I can make those Fuck shoes. Yeah, you I can. I want to sneak in there and show my kid. I, I'll go. You know, I'll yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But shit, I'm just that's my mind. You know, I, I'm lost. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> what about like, uh, what if we had a striker? Oh well. I need one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. But yeah. No, it's uh, no. I I couldn't even do it with a striker. Yeah. But yeah. My my, I had my heyday. You know. Sure. Yeah. I passed the torch. Already. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> you still like walk going and watching that stuff though? Oh or, yeah. Or you, yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of get it, even yeah. though it's when work. Ro- but <laughs> when Robbie was at, at that clinic over the Saturday, they had a clinic. At the horseshoe barn for mm. the kid that got kicked in the eye. And oh, lost his okay. Eye. Yeah. And he said Joe was there, Joe Majestic. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. He said to say hi to me. I, I told Robbie, I said, you know, I'm so out of the loop now. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you call me and tell me? I would have, I drove right by it coming home. I would have swung yeah, in. Yeah, dropped you know? in there. Right. Yeah. It's right <clears throat> yeah. off the freeway. Yeah, you yeah. and Joe could have had a good, good little yeah, time to catch up. Ca- talked about how good we were years ago. <laughs> 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 He's, yeah, he's seventy-seven or eight. He's a couple years older than you. Yeah, yeah. I think he's like two years older. He's yeah. gonna be seventy-seven this year. He told Rob he doesn't do any horses unless he has help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told Rob, did you tell him I'm the same way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I don't blame you. You don't have to, and you shouldn't, you know, at that stage. Actually, I still go out and do two or three. That's true. By you myself, do. once in a while. Yeah. And now that Jake, Jake's moving to Arizona, I told you that the other day. Mm-hmm. He's going to travel back and forth, but for a while. He said maybe a year, because I saw him today. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> see if I'll, I might have to go to David's, you know. I'm, see, I want to retire, but I want to... I want to do it in a professional way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just all of a sudden say, "Hey, when I'm shoeing the horse, I'm not. You got to get a new shoer for next week or next right. time around because I'm I'm retired. I don't want to do that to the people that right. made mm-hmm. my, you know they've been good to me. Absolutely. So I'm gonna try to figure out how I can do it, and I'll probably work through the summer and. Yeah. See, if I see how it goes. See yeah. where it shakes down. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'll miss it, though, you know? Yeah. It'll be hard, but I'll find something else to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you've never yeah. been short on keeping busy with something. Yeah, that's you know? right. That's, yeah. uh, you've always done a good job at that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll miss it, but it becomes you, you know? I mean, like, three, 23 years before he knows it, it'll be 46 years, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he'll still be shoeing horses. <laughs> yeah. It's a blessing True. and a curse, isn't it? It's a blessing and a curse because you think, uh, I wonder if I'd do something else. And you think, what else would I do? I know. It's you. Yeah. yeah it's what, you know, it becomes part of you. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's part of your DNA. And then it's, um, you put so much time and effort in it. And it's so niche. You know, it's so different than the other trades. It's still a trade, but it's different because, like you said, the, the subjectivity and the, the uniqueness it's it's both it's two trades in one really yeah and um yeah you're almost the the blessing that it bestows upon you but then the curse like you can't leave it too <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> you know? totally. yeah so well bob i know we're uh we've used up i think enough of your time and so i think we'll go we'll close it out but i do want to say um for me personally you you probably didn't realize i've been at this 23 years you probably still in some ways kind of view me as uh this young guy which is totally fair and i'm 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 happy to be that young guy that you view <laughs> but um uh, it's pretty neat that uh, uh my son is now spending getting a chance to spend some time with you which he he relishes that i uh, appreciate you <clears throat> putting up with you know i know how you hate people being late but <laughs> <laughs> you put up with that um, but I do want to say that, uh, by far some of my fondest memories in this trade, um, have you alongside with it, you know, going to contests and <clears throat> clinics and there wasn't a place we ever went where everybody didn't, you know, everybody liked you, you know, everybody oh, you. Uh, appreciated you. People would stop and they knew that, uh, for somebody at your level in this trade, uh, they would approach you cause you were very approachable. Uh, there was nobody that was uh, intimidated to come and chat with you, and you're just as gracious with with them as you were with me or any of other what we would call Bob's boys, you yeah. know. And um, I'm really grateful that I I'm in that group of Bob's boys. Well, um, thank you. And uh, I, I kind of asked you earlier about that plaque we gave you that um, I'm sorry to hear that burned down in a um, in the fire. Yeah. But uh, that was. A, I think one of my favorite moments with you is being able to, you know, as, as all of us, just to let the listeners kind of know that uh, 
and uh, and to honor you, this was on your 60th birthday, by the way. You're you're oh. going to be 75 yeah. this year. This was on your 60th birthday. 60th birthday. Brian Dollinger come up with this idea, like you know, we should come. He's going to be 60. We should come up with a plaque. You know, like maybe we all come up with something nice to do for him. And and uh, <clears throat> and he said we should make him a plaque of Bob's boys, and we'll all make a shoe and put it on there for him. Yeah. And uh, so Robbie kind of headed it up from there, gathering up the shoes. That he wanted Robbie wanted to make sure it was nice, so it could maybe go in the house. You know, something that Linda would appreciate enough to <laughs> to yeah. go alongside with the with all the nice <laughs> antiques. But uh, that particular plaque, um, you know, again, you've had countless of apprentices over the years and, and people that you've impacted. But I'd like to think that that little window of time of of the people that were on that plaque is sort of you know bridges the gap of of your heyday and then the twilight years where you're really pouring into other guys and uh you've created a an atmosphere in the farrier industry in this bay area that uh, there's really not anybody who's anybody in this in this bay area shoeing horses that you didn't have um you know your hand on you know all the way like like gabe was saying gabe hasn't worked for you but he's worked for me he's worked for grady he's worked for you and and um he never forged with you, but he's forged with me. Who's forged with you? And go, like yeah. going down the road, I mean, I don't know that we'd go on a four-day weekend, you know, to <clears throat> Arizona, Las Vegas, or conventions and whatnot. I don't think we didn't laugh all day long, any day. You know, we just laughed and laughed yeah, and laughed, it was man. So much fun building shoes. So yeah. anyhow, I could just keep going on, and we could make this conversation four hours long. But I think yeah. we'll wrap yeah. it up with that. <clears throat> Yeah, we'll wrap it up. I also wanted to say thanks for that ex- exact same reason. Um, seeing man, seeing some of the other guys that are coming to the area from different places, they're bringing a bit of their culture too, uh, and uh, it's made me realize how you know that, that it might not seem like a big deal to you, and we're all <laughs> we're all sto- you know we're all kind of you know Bob. Bob fanboys, maybe it might come across, right? <laughs> but it's a big deal, you know. Uh, whether you want to hear it or not, you had, a, I think, a positive effect on the culture and thus a positive effect on my business and uh, my ability to pr- provide for my family. And well, that's a big that. deal, you know. So, uh, And like Dre said, if you would have us, man, I have so many more questions. We'll do it again sometime. I yeah. hope so. Please. I hope you would let us. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I want to get it. Yeah, Brian. I want to get into some of the history. We'll get in. We'll get yeah. into some of the the horse wrecks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about some of the wrecks I've been through and yeah. you guys been through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those uh, are always worth. Brian Dollinger wanted me to bring up some stories about hotel rooms and you coming out of the shower and drying yourself off in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't really get into that but that's a little that's teaser. all right that's a, that could be a little that can be a little teaser for the next conversation yeah yeah we need to get your son on here too yeah, yeah. we do need to connect well, with I'll tell you, I, 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 let me just say this uh this conversation with you guys on your station or podcast yeah. that's <laughs> brought back a lot of memories, and I really appreciate you asking me to be on. Yeah, and yeah. We'll do it again. Okay, I, I, man, I, I want to do so it cool. again. I, I, You'll I'll think, think of more things. things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, okay. we'll do awesome, it. Awesome, Bob. Give a little bit of time. Okay, adios.